initiative podcast the volume number two issue number 83 we're getting up there in numbers now guys aren't we oh yes we are i am dm vince and uh all the voices in the background are various other people you don't need to know no i'm kidding hey yes you do (laughs) that's dm nick hello everybody dm matt how's it going everyone and dm will what's up we have a great show for you tonight. We're going to be exploring the planes this week. So hold tight and, uh, you know, make sure you have your astral rope ready to go. Sweet. <laughs> They're going to need that. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's head right into our first segment of the night. Yeah, I remember back in the day, a fella knew how to judge a fireball on the fly and how far the cleric could push the undead he turned. I tell you, with all these min-maxers and munchkins, metagame and power game, there's something missing that I'm here to learn you. Now sit down and crack your book while I commence to teach you some. Table manners. Hey everyone, on today's Table Manners, we're going to talk about player characters and going into the planes. Now, if I understand correctly, Vince, y'all have to correct me now. You, 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 I think I'm supposed to talk about how characters are traveling around and have no. that stuff. No, I'm no? kidding. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, I thought that was so. <laughs> Just look characters in the planes. How it affect? How would? What if? How would affect somehow? You know the differences in, in the planes and getting there. That's what you. Ooh, Lord. Yeah, their magic man, items. Man, how man. they might be affected. Yeah. yeah well. You know, I'll let you deal with the magical portion because that, that's a segment onto itself anyway. Well, let me talk about this. That, I mean, oh, this is interesting. I know that you got some of those articles there. I think, Nick, you're covering that, that portion on magic. Well, uh, yeah, just a little bit on it. I think you probably saw, just as I did, that, you know, stuff about, you know, planar travel within right. D&D, it was like right from the get-go. Well... Let me just say for for the, for the, you know just you know to start off as, as a novice person you know when you when you talk about traveling to planes I, I think the best analogy is this is just like a fish out of water, player characters traveling into planes back and forth in between up and down whichever way it is it's it's, it's uh, infinite, <laughs> um, it basically is in most cases some of the planes are not infinite some of them are finite. But, uh, I mean, you are out of your element, or the player characters are out of their element. So when players are actually traveling to these these areas, they have to, you know, make sure that they are prepared both mentally and physically, whether it's by magical means or, well, with any kind of, of help, magical especially. Got to be very careful. But I'm not going to cover about the magical stuff. Traveling to planes. Uh, if a DM is planning to have his player characters or, you know, the players have their characters travel into a different plane of existence, 
He needs to make sure that he has everything planned out on exactly what's going to happen to him once they get there, what kind of monsters they're going to encounter, and then have to deal with all the other special things that might happen. And I believe, Nick, you're covering the things on how magic is affected. Yeah, particularly like different spells and, and, right, and how right. those are going to oh, be yeah. affected. Magic yeah. items, I think we could kind of, you know, you can kind of cover too. Okay. But, well, see, my main focus is on the traveling and how that affects characters. Right. Now, I mean, okay, like I said, it's like a fish out of water. You take a fish out of water, the fish is going to suffocate. Now, I'm not talking about the fish that can walk on land and hold their breath and they can actually breathe air and everything. They're, they're, that's kind of weird and everything. But I'm just talking about your general, like let's say a goldfish. They're going to suffocate and die. Well, in the event that player characters are traveling on certain planes, that's certainly going to be one of the things they will be facing, and that's a quick and immediate death if they have no clue where they're going. And and, and just to be straight up honest with you, as a DM who has had, you know, I'll be honest with you, very few times have my players ever traveled outside of the prime material plane, which we, which is comparable to what we, where we live at right now on Earth. All right. There's not too many adventures out there where the characters will travel outside. I mean, I know one. That's OP1, I believe, was the Outer Plains. I believe that was the one. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Tales of the Outer Plains, I think. Tales yeah. of the Outer Plains was one. Um, I, will, I will say this, though. If you really want to get into this thing with the planes and how it works and all that, look into Planescape from 2nd Edition. And I think that that's a great start right there, especially when you're talking about how do we get to the other planes or how do we get to this, this particular place? So let me talk about a couple of those. Let's talk about the nine hells for one. I know there was an article in Dragon Magazine. I, I don't know if that was two articles or if it was yeah. two Dragon Magazine's Articles of Hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was two articles split up by uh, Ed Greenwood, yeah. And you know what? That thing didn't really go into detail on how to get to hell. Okay, or there is, isn't too much to talk about, like how to get to the 666 layers of the abyss where you're dealing with demons. Right. And there isn't really too much to talk about how to get to Elysium or to the, I believe, the seven heavens. I believe that's the other one, yeah. right? And there's uh, the twin Bob, paradises, limbo, pandemonium, pandemonium. the happy there's hunting Bob, grounds, happy hunting grounds, happy hunting grounds of all places. So, I mean, there's really not too many things that are dedicated to how do you get there. And, you know, uh, uh, who's covering the magic items? Was that you, Matt? Uh, that's a Vince. I'm yeah. doing Oh, yeah, no, Vince is the creatures, Nick is the magic. Okay, okay, I just couldn't remember. Well, I thought someone was covering magic items, someone was covering magic spells, whatever the case may be. And I believe someone mentioned the, the Well of Many Worlds, and uh, what is the other one? The uh, There's the Amulet of the, 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 the Plains. Yes. The Amulet of the Plains. Now, if you really want to be risky, you can always go inside a portable hole and cut it open. Or what, what do they say? Put two portable holes in one or put a portable hole in a... Put in a, a portable hole in a, in a bag of holding. A bag of holding yeah. and do it that way and then get sucked into somewhere where you don't want to go and that would really stick. Yeah, there's can... also, if you're high enough level there, I think there's the astral spell. There's astral. That's... Well, the astral spell, now that one is, is, is astral travel. And we'll talk about that in a second about how dangerous that is. Mm-hmm. So we talk about places like the Nine Hells or the Abyss and everything. I mean, I, I can't even think about it. My imagination is limitless. Yeah. Unlimited. Either way, however you want to say it. That's how you have to perceive planes. Because pretty much that's what most of them really are. Now, when we start getting into like the 
the pocket uh, planes or the, the demi planes where they're kind of finite. They do have a border. Uh, a prime example would be uh, Ravenloft, for example. That is a demiplane. It, it, it has a border around it, so it's not infinitesimal. The so, demiplane of dread, right? Oh, exactly, exactly. Now, I know that we're covering on the first edition. I just want to give more examples because I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with going to the manual of the planes, mm -hmm. you know, for 3.5 or 3.0, whenever it came out, and then also using oh. the planar handbook, that mm -hmm. came out for 3.5. And, and, and uh, Pathfinder, and, I'm sorry? Yeah, I was going to say, and Pathfinder has a, an awesome book about... Um, oh, um, yes. They also have one that focuses on the Hells, Book of the Dam. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it is just amazing. Or Yeah, if you can find it, um, we were talking about before, the original Manual of the Plains by Jeff Grubb. If you can oh, get yeah. your hands on that one, too. Well, that's the one that I'm concentrating on now. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying there is other supplementary material out there that will help you make the original Manual of the Planes for First Edition by Jeff Grubb a, a much more better book. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. And there, there are there's lots of articles in Dragon Magazine that covers this stuff, but it covers it for First Edition, Second Edition, and and, and of course you know D twenty three point oh three point five whatever the case may be. Traveling in planes is dangerous. And I'm going to tell you why. One, if you're going to go to hell, you're going to have some issues. I'm going to use hell for an example because a lot of people talk about all their little excursions and expeditions into hell. And they're killing, you know, the, uh, the lords of hell and all this stuff and everything. And I'm starting to smell cow poop for some reason. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it is what it is and everything. But uh, I'm serious, though. This is just too funny. When you go to hell, you're not going to be right outside that, that uh, arch devil's, uh, you know, castle or domain or wherever he's at. It's just not going to oh, happen like that. No. It doesn't work like that. you got to find it, it, first of all. Yeah. you got to find it. And you right. know, this is the funny part. I believe there's a picture in the Manual of Planes that shows how the nine hells are stacked on top of one another. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All the way down. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like, you, uh, like, for example, the River Styx is one of the greatest places to start if you want to go to planes. Because if I understand correctly, the River Styx goes through every plane possible. Yes. At least believe, I've done it that way. Well, that's what I read in the book, that the River Styx goes through every plane of hell. Or if not, the River Styx definitely does go to the first plane of hell. So you can start from there right. and then work yourself all the way down to the ninth plane. I do know that the River Styx does go through the 666, the 666 layers of the abyss. I can't remember the uh, the, the exact, you know, the uh, the way it does, but it does do exist that way as well. So if you if you decide yeah. to go to hell, try the River Styx. Use that route first. And also, if you're running down, like you said, these people were away, ran down to the 600, and I killed Asmodeus, and you're like, yeah, whatever. First of all, as soon as you hit layer one, and you start beating the crap out of things, you know those hierarchy in the bottom, like, hmm? Who's in our, what? what? And they're going to start checking things out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? When we talk about the first plane of hell, a lot of people don't know this, though. Tiamat controls the first plane of hell. Yep. She sure does. <laughs> her first edition. Now, her first edition, Tiamat owns, lives. That's where she lives. That's her abode, is the first plane of hell. And what do they call those devil things? Uh, Abishai, Abishai. That's the, her followers. Yeah. They're like different colored, you know, little 
dragons of those various colors, the chromatic. So you have to deal with that. So what I would look at is like, if you want to go to the second plane of hell where I believe it's called Dis, and you have to deal with that that guy right there and everything, which I think he's, I like that devil. He's kind of awesome. I think he's pretty cool looking. But mm-hmm. uh, you would have to go to the castle or the, ca- the, the, tr- the, the gigantic cavern of Tiamat and find the hole that will go down into the second right. plane. Because yeah, yeah, the first plane is called Avernus. Yes, and the second plane Dis. And right, that's has it's named after the same city, the, the city of yeah. Dis. And Dispater is the arch devil there. But right. the thing, so in order to get to Dis or to the second plane of hell, you would have to, you know, get through and meander through Tiamat's gigantic cavern. And I did see a really interesting article. I can't figure out where it's at. I would love it. But her cavern that where she actually lives in is the size of a continent. That's how big that cavern is that where she lives at. And I mean, that's huge. So to uh, travel through that cavern and, and find where that one place is where you can go down to the second plane, it, that, that, that alone is a quest unto itself, if you all understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so it, it all depends. It all depends. Now, there's the other planes. Let's, let's go to the other planes, which are more interesting. I mean, we'll cover the hells later. We got the abyss. I like the abyss. <laughs> because uh, my first excur- in- incursion, I-, I don't call it excursion, incursion sure. into the abyss was Q1, Queen of the Demon Web Pits. Of course. Uh, like, of- like most of us, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, no one really thought that's where you was going, but you're actually going Ooh. there. And oh, yeah. my my next incursion I guess that's the right word, incursion, isn't it? Or is it excursion? No, it is incursion. Uh, it doesn't yeah. matter. You all know what I mean. Anyway, uh, my next one was when we did the Pharaoh series. Not I-3 or I-4, but I-5, which was the Lost Tomb of Martek, if I believe it's correct. Mm-hmm. Remember when you're traveling through the tomb and then you, it, it goes into one of the layers of the abyss because different things happen, if you're all familiar with that. Have you all went into that one, the Lost Tomb of Martek? No. You know, I have that one, and I don't remember it. His tomb, if I'm correct, I, I didn't even look at the module. His tomb, I'm doing this from memory now, because I don't want to read inside the book. I don't read word by word. Remember how that goes? <laughs> <laughs> but his, uh, his tomb is actually in the abyss. But you all don't really know that until later on in the game as you're traveling through his tomb. It's pretty interesting. So those those are really my that I can recall as of right now. That's the only two times that I can remember doing any type of outer plane of travel. But yeah. now, the positive planes, the negative planes, uh, you don't want to go there. You don't yeah, want either go- one. Yeah, negative plane definainly bad. <laughs> I mean, it plainly stated there that once you go there, you're gonna you're gonna disintegrate into right. dust. Yeah. Unless you have some type of spell that or a magical item that prevents you from being destroyed. Right. And the positive plane, you're gonna blow up. You're gonna imp- I mean, you're gonna explode because as you travel around, I guess you it's like you you know when you walk on a carpet and you and you got a sock socks on and you're rubbing it and then you want to touch the dog's nose and watch it yelp. Because that like, no. well, <laughs> well, it's the same thing. It's so, the same thing. What do you feel about there's an existence of you, some type of you on every plane that represents you? Oh, you're talking about alternate realities. Yes. Every plane, there's some type of existence that is you, and if something happens to one part of you on one plane, it affects the other planes. 
you know, that's very interesting because now we're getting into that little Star Trek stuff and everything, which is, you know, how, yeah, just like the parallel universes or parallel, you can have parallel planes. That's why there is a. So there's a version of me that's evil that has a goatee. Not necessarily, no. but I'm, if there is, uh, I'll shatter that mirror in a heartbeat. But uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. As a matter of fact, in the other books that we're talking about, because it's not really covered here in, in the Manual of the Planes, there are mirror planes, which that has that kind of residual uh, uh, impact on player characters and uh, opposite. View. Now, I believe there's a magical item that does that. Uh, that you look into it, you have a doppelganger. Do you yeah, know what yeah mirror of opposition, I think it is. You see there? Now, that is a prime example right there where maybe you cast a spell at, at the mirror and then and you switch sides or something, you know? That's Ooh, a, that's, that's devious. <laughs> I'm just being realistic, though. I mean, that is an awesome way of getting people into a mirror or alternate universe. And, yes, if you go into this alternate place and you start doing things that – would not normally be the norm. Yes, when you go back, it might have some impact. That would make for a very interesting adventure. I would really like to see that. But, that you know, it's funny how you bring that up, though. Um, I'm not even going to bother talking about the planes of elemental air, fire, earth, and water, I, or, or even the para-elemental planes. I'm yeah. just going to tell you right now, if you go to those planes without that appropriate protection, you're going to die. Pretty much, except for the elemental plane of air. But... Well, I mean, yeah, you keep falling. Yeah, because see, the, the problem with traveling in an elemental plane of air, if there's no place solid, and, and you're, and like I said, it tells you in, in the in the manual planes that when you move, you can decide to free fall or fall, but there's a possibility you might hit one of those vortexes. Right. And if you hit that vortex, well, guess what? Bye-bye. You know, you're, you're going to be swung somewhere else for who knows where you're Oh, going. yeah, you were going to also say about the astral plane in particular. You were going to say something oh, about that. Oh, the astral plane. Yeah, I'm going to cover that in just a second. I like talking about that bad, but I like saving the best for last. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the, the, now, the para-elemental planes is where you have those para-elementals, like the, what do you call them again? The uh, uh, ice. It's like the smoke. Uh... The methods come from there, I believe, the para-elemental planes. Yes. Magma. Ooze, uh, smoke. what else? Smoke, ash, mist, or steam, or whatever. So yeah, so dealing with the para-elemental planes, you're dealing with all those methods and everything. And I, I, I like that because a lot of the uh, para-elemental creatures you run into will be coming from the fiend folio. Great place. Mm-hmm. Then you go, well, you got the, yeah, those mephit creatures. Mephits, I call them mephits. But then again, that's you calling a crevice a crevasse, and I'm thinking like, what? Okay. (laughs) Ever. Whatever. (laughs) So um, besides the para-elemental planes, then we deal with the energy planes, the quasi-elemental planes. And and then when you deal with those, you're dealing with the energy creatures. What do you call them? Zag-yi and Zag-ya? Yeah, something like that. And, you know, all those kind of creatures, volts and whatever else lives there. Like I said, if you travel to those planes, you better get prepared because I'm telling you, you're going to perish very quickly. Now, let's talk about the astral plane. I like the astral plane because this is where it gets fun. Uh, How can I say this? Uh, Of all the planes, I believe this is the only one where you travel where it's actually, it's not your physical body. You yes are, and no. That is, yes. that is true. You can travel to the astral plane with your body. You can do it. And it's like through magic items like 
you know, that uh, Amula of the Plains, I believe. You could do that that oh, okay. way. But yes. Everything I remember was that you always left your body behind because, remember the silver cord? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, using the astral spell, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, well, it, well, actually it's plane shift and then also the psionic ability called probability travel. There you go. Yeah, that's and it. Where you bring your body into the astral plane and you make your way about and everything. Now, the astral plane is kind of weird and everything because, it I mean, there are like small things of islands and other objects just floating around and everything. But the thing that maintains maintains your body to your 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 spirit or your essence is that silver cord. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat and everything, because if you get if that silver cord gets cut, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have some problems. It's like you're floating away in space and everything, right? And as I understand, I believe your body dies. Well, a certain amount of time before it dies, yeah. Right, exactly. But during this time, you got to be extremely careful because a lot of people don't know is is that when that spirit or your essence leaves that physical body, something else can possess it. Right. You are not immune to being possessed. So let's say there was a wandering ghost running around and everything, and he says, oh, look, an empty body. This is a shell that I can assume. Well, you got some problems then. So you know, Or worse enough, like a demon or a devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, typically. So let me tell you about that silver cord. The silver cord is kind of interesting and everything because I can't remember how it can get cut. It's, it's been a while since I remember on, on the silver cord. But I do know that you can encounter Gith Yankee or yeah. Gith Yankee can see this silver cord somehow, whether it's in the plane where the body is at, because they possess those silver swords. I believe they're silver, right? Yeah, Gith Yankee have those silver swords, I'm... and they can cut that silver cord. Right. Remember, Gith Yankee have those personal swords that if you kill a Gith Yankee and steal its sword, they will act. The Gith Yankee right. will send out search. Well, the parts. silver sword, according to the um, to the, uh, the the book, the uh, Manual of the Plains, is can be stretched to any length. That's not truly solid in the same fashion as the astral right. body, and as such, cannot be attacked or broken except under special circumstances. Right. Hence, those Gith Yankee swords, they can cut that silver cord. Yeah, you got to be real careful when you encounter. You won't be bad guys. Let me tell you about Gith Yankee, though. I find Gith Yankee very interesting. They live in a particular pocket, a particular plane where all gods, demigods, and, and stuff like that go to die or to disappear or fade into obscurity. You know, they lose all their worshippers and all that stuff. Yeah. I forgot what they call that place. I mean, I'll, I'll look it up later on. But the Gith Yankee homeworld is in that plane. And, it, and they built it on top of this gigantic body of a dead deity. And uh, see, this is what is weird. They are actually mining on that body because they, they mine a, a particular crystal that grows on these bodies of these dead gods. And uh, do any of you all know anything about Planescape? No. I have a few of the books. I, know, okay. I think I know what you're alluding to. In second edition, Orcus was killed. Remember? Okay. And Orcus's body is floating around there in that in that in that alternate dimension or wherever he was, his body was floating around. Eventually he was resurrected and everything, and I believe his name was Tenebres or Tenebres or Tenebrous or whatever how you want to pronounce it. He comes back. But his body is actually floating around in this plane. So and some of the adventures have to do with the characters trying to get to his body. And his body is immense. 
and, and, and you know, it's, it's kind of weird how the uh, the monster manuals and all that talk about, like, you know, like like Vince, you talked about Asmodeus and all that stuff. Right. You know, they say that he's like, what, 25 feet tall or 15 feet tall? Well, he can be whatever he wants to be. He can be whatever, exactly. He can be whatever he wants. You know, his body could be the size of a planet if he wanted to be. Or <laughs> larger than that. I'm serious, he can be. Yeah, I know. That's what's funny. That's the power of these individual beings. And as they, and, and when they die, they go to this plane and they crystallize. They solidify. They harden up or something. And the Githyanki and their their god queen or whatever, she's a female. I know that for a fact. But she they live on this gigantic, huge structure of a dead deity. It's pretty interesting. You all got to check that out sometimes. Hmm. But in any case, you know, all I can say is, you know, Traveling to planes, there's a couple things you got to take into consideration. One, if you get there, how are you going to survive the the uh, hazards? One, you got to deal with the physical hazards, the weather, the heat, temperature, uh, d- uh, air. Some of the planes don't have any air. That's yeah, that's true. Like you go to the negative material plane, like you're talking about before. I right. Mean, there's exactly. no you. You just like turn to ash. Yeah, so you got to deal with those kind of hazards. Then, secondary, I don't know which is worse, but then again, what good are you if you can't survive the physical hazards, if you can't survive the hazards of the flora and the fauna you may encounter? Yeah. And that's what's so crazy. So and now, let me tell you something about the astral plane. We'll go back to that again. In the astral plane, there's a lot of travelers. There is a lot of travels. It seems to be that a lot of creatures like to travel through the astral plane. I, from what I remember, it's like the most, it's the easiest plane to access. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it borders is. so many others. Right. It's yes. the interstate for planar travel, basically. Yeah. Exactly. You, yeah, it's the shortest way to get anywhere. How many times have we talked about monsters that come from the astral plane to attack players? Exactly. And this is why I tell people in first edition, I know some of y'all don't like Sonics and everything. I, I appreciate Sonics. I'm going to tell you why I like Psionics. Because when a creature on the prime material plane uses Psionics, it sends out a resonating field, which in turn attracts creatures from the astral plane and from the ethereal plane. And I think that is just also for like cerebral parasites. Yep. Or uh, or mind flayers because they love traveling in the astral plane, and, and, and any other type of sonic and tau creatures. That's why when I tell people who ever deal with sonics, it's very rare. I mean, extremely rare. I said you take a chance by uh, you know summoning creatures. So, so, uh, what do you call those molds? Brain molds. I think they're brain molds, yep. and there's other creatures that are out there that are just they just attracted to that 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 resonant energy from using psionics, where the case may be. The ethereal plane, another dangerous place, because now you're dealing with uh, insubstantial creatures like ghosts. That's where ghosts travel, and uh, other creatures like specters and wraiths. It's uh, yeah, even though they're 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 a negative plane bound I can't say they're negative plane bound because really it isn't that's I think that's been a big question but they have they have like some connection to the negative material they plane. do have a connection yeah and it's funny about ghosts because ghosts are in the eth- ethereal plane remember how they do their magic jar attack for the ethereal plane and everything 
Right. It's very interesting how theirs is the ethereal plane, but there's still an undead creature which has nothing to do with the negative plane. Uh, wraiths, uh, shadows, uh, specters, whites, any energy draining creature. And I remember an article, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong or not, but I, I was thinking that the article was stating that those creatures really had nothing to do with the negative plane. But then I see other things where it says that they are. So, you know, there might be some uh, confusion there. We have to, like, find that article sometime. Yeah. Especially with undead monsters because it's kind of weird. But, hey, that explains their level draining ability. They have a, a, this, this small essence of that negative plane within them. And, you know, I will tell you this. If you travel on the negative plane and you encounter undead, be very careful because I think they're more powerful there. And if you turn them, you turn them as if they're one step higher. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so a, a skeleton would turn into a zombie. In order to turn skeletons, you have to go with the zombie chart. Zombies right. go to whites and so on and so on and so on. So then I guess ghosts would become uh, where Lich is at, and liches would be special, I believe, on the uh, turn undead chart, if I'm correct. Wow. So traveling through the, the planes is a very risky venture. Make sure the player characters are, are ready for it. I, I think that the, the, the biggest challenge is for the DM to run it appropriately. If you remember in Q1 and Queen of the Demon, Queen of the Demon Web Pits, uh, I know that there was a thing where you went to different planes. Do you remember that? Do you remember that, Nick? Yes. There is a section in the, um, in the adventure, I think... And I have the module in front of me, by the way. Yeah. Uh, there's, I think it was in her spaceship. Right. In Lil's spaceship, there's like these doors that you can go through. And if you go through a certain door, you go like to this other world. Yeah, that's somewhere in that either it's on the same plane or someplace that she had conquered. I know one of them was run by vampires, if I'm correct. There was one that was, well, here, I can look it up right here. But uh, I remember there was one world where she was trying to conquer right. that was um, uh, taken, that, that that there are dwarves on it. Wow. Um, uh, it's called Maldev. There was the, there's this place where it was uh, the night, yeah, you're talking about the night world of Vlad Tol, Tolendkoff. Yeah, there was, it's a world that's like ruled by a vampire. <laughs> yeah, see? So, yes, I remember some of these things. So the question is, and that's another thing, where DMs should allow, uh, you know, how will players travel there? And like you said, you all mentioned some of the items and some other, uh, well, I wouldn't use the portable hole and the uh, the bag of holding. I think that's a little insane right there. But uh, <laughs> because you can go anywhere with that. Mm -hmm, or, right. What was that other one? There was a well of many worlds. Am I correct? Yeah, Well of Many Worlds. The Well of Many Worlds and stuff like that. But I can't remember if that's all random plus the other spells. But now, let's talk about stuff like special color pools. That, that That's in the uh, astral plane, dealing with the color yep. pools. Yep. And then, you know, when it comes to a DM, I would say make something that allow a character to go through. Now, yeah. the adventure is, is not going to that world and dealing with whatever threat. The problem is, is trying to get back. Because it one always of, changes. Yep. One of the things that we did, like you're talking like traveling to a particular plane, like um, like you were talking about the astral plane. And right. 
I think I, I might have mentioned this before, but um, one of the things like in the astral plane is one of the adventures I was doing, I was doing a whole new campaign and I was basically the whole world changed. But how am I going to make the whole world change and have these new characters in it? Well, what I did is the characters were being attacked by something and this, what was it? It was a uh, um, a greater Lamassu, I think it was. Oh, yeah, I like them. Yeah, the greater Lamassu is, has the Babel. Yeah, they kind of saved them from being attacked by like these ma these really powerful undead like whites and and uh, ghouls, and they were just first level, so they were running away. And he helped them out. And he basically did the whole "come with me if you want to live," and he took them to the astral plane because he is able to astral travel. And they all you know joined together and went to the astral plane. Now. The thing is, one of the th like one of the perils when you go to those other planes, a big one, I guess, with the astral plane is time. There's oh, a yeah. huge time distortion with the astral plane. Uh, the, and I'm going looking at the book here. The effects of the passage of time in the astral are slower by a factor of three hundred sixty-five thousand to one, <laughs> or one hundred true, hundred seventy true days. For one subjective round. So if you're there for one round in the astral, 170 days have passed on the prime material. Well, they wow. were there for like, oh, long enough for 509 years to pass on the prime material. <laughs> Which really wasn't that long. They get back because the Lamassu was injured. He had to heal himself up and everything. There has really cool like palace and everything. He takes them back, and 509 years have passed. The whole world has changed. And they're like, what just happened? <laughs> and see, and this is why I tell people out there, do not follow his advice. Because see, that's the stuff I'm talking about. You need to plan this quickly, especially in the astral plane. Now I'm just yeah, giving you a hard time. I was, I'm so, just <laughs> I was devious. It was great. I loved it. It was wonderful. But it was a great way to get the campaign kickstarted. I'm like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make this work? And I looked this up in the manual of the planes. I'm like, aha. <laughs> so, yeah, it worked out. So when they went into the astral plane, they went with their physical form or just their astral form? They went with their physical form. Okay, so but what if you went in with your astral form but left your physical form behind? There you go. Uh, see, they would probably the have died. Yeah. The, yes, their bodies would naturally wither away and die. And I've seen something on that I, that came from a Dragon magazine about how the astral plane worked. That as long as you stay in there, yeah, you're. Uh, and as a matter of fact, that is so funny because I knew that was something to do with uh, the Pharaoh series concerning that. I'm gonna have to look it up sometime and everything. Yeah, the astral plane is a very tricky. Got to be very careful. And yep. you know, and, and like I tell people is, is that we, if you were thinking about traveling the astral plane, you better remember you, you're gonna run into a lot of monsters. And the Manual of the Planes has a list of monsters that you commonly run into. And when I look at this list, I'm looking at this, I'm saying like, you got to be kidding me. You want to get out of the astral plane as soon as possible, because I mean, I mean, give me a break here. Night hags, nightmares, slotties. I see demons. I see devils, lesser devils. You can run into invisible stalkers, and we know why night hags are there. They're going around trying to steal people's little souls to make larvas out of them, and yep. uh, and minor demons. I mean, this is common monsters. Yeah. And I look, I said, <laughs> oh man, this is pathetic. And, you know, it's, it's funny they don't have Githy. Oh, they, they do. They have Githyanki as uncommon monsters. So 
Yeah, so there's plenty of the stuff in here. Extremely dangerous. Just make sure that you have a way of the characters to get in there and find a way to get back. Because yeah. if not, it's going to be a very short get adventure. Get there, get what you need, and bug out as soon as possible. <laughs> I mean, it's no different like if you go to the plane of elemental air or the fire and water and all that stuff. Because, I mean, for one, you're dealing with elementals. And they're gigantic there. They're huge and they're powerful. And you got to deal with the... the the genies and, and that entire the freedies and all them those knuckleheads and everything and again you're dealing with with those creatures that live and inhabit on these planes and it's their home you're the intruder you're the outsider you're traveling around and you're thinking like how much more longer can i deal with this and right. I, I, one thing i will have to impress ravenloft as we've talked about the demi plane of dread mm-hmm. the majority of planes 99.9 percent of them are non-sentient. They're just planes. They just exist. There is a chance you could run into some planes that are actually sentient. And it's actually interesting to read on some of these other books here concerning outer plane of travel. Uh, one of them, one of them is the demi plane of dread, which is considered a sentient demi plane. It is That's a- why it's so darn dangerous. Oh, I get it now. It's not just a place for people to be punished or a purgatory or that mess. It is an actually a sentient entity. Oh, gosh. Things, and this is why those people are being sent there or pulled from their respective worlds. I mean, look at it. Everyone knows about Lord Soth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Soth went to Ravenloft. Right. Well, yeah. That's a different plane. Right. And because the plane is sentient, that is why they're also tormented with their desire from their prior right. life. And see, what's even better about it is that this centric plane, you know, the dark powers have never really been fully explained, which makes it even, the, you know, a much more mysterious thing, is the fact that it prevents uh, communication to deities for the players. You all know that, I, right? I Their didn't spe- know that. Wow. Are impact- I'm sorry? Say it again. Uh, spells uh, by player characters are impa- impacted directly while they're in the pl- uh, the demi plane, uh, the, the, the demi plane of dread. Gods have no influence there directly. They can't have no direct influence whatsoever. They can only have a indirect influence. And let me tell you what I mean. Mm-hmm. First, second, and third level spells per the book by the book are automatic for first edition. It might be fourth level spells, if I'm correct, but I believe it's first through third. Anyway, whatever the case may be, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh level spells, clerical spells and everything, they have to be prayed for, but they may not get them. They might be twisted and perverted because the deities cannot directly give them the spells they pray for if they're above fourth level. Well, yeah, you're supposed to cut off from the deities or your... Your your line to the deities is warped, like you that's said. Right, exactly, and that's what makes the demi plane of dread so dangerous. Especially because, if you're an awful good god or something. Yeah, exactly. They just cannot. They just cannot pierce that thing, which is kind of interesting with that plane, because in, in all honesty, no one can ever escape it. Only one being has ever successfully escaped Ravenloft, and do y'all know who that is? South. No. no. He Vecna. only escaped because that was a a a, a, uh, a copyright thing. And... Chuck Norris. <laughs> well, wasn't no. it Vecna because he became too powerful? That is exactly right. Vecna is the only successful being to get imprisoned and to leave successfully because he became a greater god. 
I'm sorry, he became a lesser god, and as a lesser god, he forced the Demiplane to expel him. Yeah. Yes. Soth was, was able to get out, according well, to uh, the, the recent books and everything. Well, it was a bit, well. That's because of the books. It, it, it had to do with the authors. The authors had to take him out. So he was kind of like they never really explained. He just disappeared, and someone else took him over. Is basically what was explained in the books. They but just, out. Yep. Technically, you got out. Technically. Yes. But it, uh, but for a being to do it by itself, Vecna takes it. Tech, uh, Vecna it gets the blue ribbon because he did it. Now I will tell you this though. If Arnold Schwarzenegger was there, Conan, he'd have done it himself, too. Get to the chopper. Yeah, yeah get to that chopper. Take me off the plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, plane traveling, traveling through the planes, whether it's the outer planes, the inner planes, or through all the other places, is extremely dangerous. Now, if you go to places like the uh, Seven Heavens, uh, what was the other ones? The Happy Hunting Grounds and... Um, Elysium. Elysium. And all those places. Olympus. Great. Yeah, great places to travel. Great because it's almost and being great all- places to party. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it is. I agree. The party, yeah. But like I said, it's almost like the prime material plane in those areas. But you right. still have to deal with the natural threats. Even Olympus, there's still monsters there. Sure, there's still monsters there. You're not actually on Mount Olympus. Olympus is a plane. You're not on the mountain. So, people, when you're doing stuff with planes, remember, they're infinite. It goes almost forever. Not not every plane's like that, but the majority of them are infinite. So, plane, plane of travel, extremely hazardous to a player character's health. DM yes. really need to make sure they're on the ball and make sure they have all the material ready for the players because it's, it's just too easy to kill them there. Or they get stranded or whatever. Okay, cool. Cool. So let's uh, throw it out to everyone out there for that long conversation. And Sorry. Hope- no, no, no. It's good. Very good. Hopefully people have gotten some ideas from Will's uh, speak about. Wow. I'm, I'm just speechless about it. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, there's just so much to cover. <sighs> it's too yeah. much. It's, it's you, way you could, too much. You could really just have a conversation per plane. You yeah. really could. Yeah. Can. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. And uh, just to let you know, there is a ambulance going past my house. So if you hear that, there it goes it's gone now. But <laughs> yeah, no the quasi but, plane of hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and like I said, it, it's it's very fun and everything. Just make sure that you know what you're doing when you run planes, and, and really. Yeah. You know, yeah. know what you're getting the characters into, and make sure the players know what they're getting into because it really can, it's just uh, plane plane of travel's hostile. It really yeah. is. Well, what about making up your own plans? Have you ever done that, Will? Uh, you know, honestly, no, I haven't because there was so many planes and so much material. I don't think I would have time to even make one. But there's nothing wrong with it. And like I said, when you all talked about the alternate universes, the mirror universes, that's a thought. And that happens. Oh, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Vince, thank you so much. You're a lifesaver. You're welcome. What wow. is that module? <laughs> UK1. Yes. UK1 is a prime example of that. I believe that has to deal with another plane, that, that, that module. I think, yeah, uh, what is it, Land Beyond the Magic Mirror? Yeah, it's like a little pocket universe or something like okay, that. Yeah, Land Beyond the Magic Mirror, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, those two. The, uh, what was the other one? Dungeon Land. Dungeon Land. Dungeon Land and... Uh, 
the land beyond the magic mirror. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, beyond the crystal cave. Which yeah, beyond. Oh, the... That's it. That's it. There that's you UK one. Yes. And I believe that had some uh, extra planar issues in there too, as well, because of time. Right. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, so, that one's like a little pocket plane or something like that. But I, I thought, yeah, the Dungeon Land Land Beyond the Magic Users Mirror is basically like some weird, uh, no, demi plane or something like that. Like yeah, an extra dimensional little plane. Yeah, yeah. Little pocket plane. that's funny. Yes, yeah, so I was trying to remember all the other ones that had planes in them. So now I'm starting to remember these things now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, while you're thinking of that, we'll head over into our next segment of the night. Oh, man, what the heck is that? Understand, you fool. I have a spell that will work here. What do you mean I can't hit with that? Oh, right, fine. Show it to me in the book. Welcome to Game Mechanics. Okay, folks, uh, now we're into Game Mechanics, and uh, Will had a nice start-off to our, you know, jumping around the planes uh, issues. <laughs> and uh, after we talked about our characters, how they get to and from the planes and some of the hazards they might uh, get into, now we're going to talk about magic in the planes, maybe some of the magical items, and more specific, you know, how is magic either divine or otherwise is influenced by going to different different planes, either the inner or outer planes? Um, going through all the different materials that I have, I could say in general, it, it's going to be different for each plane that you your characters are going to travel to. That's just how it is. Each each plane of existence, be it ethereal, astral, um, in the inner, you know, the, the, the nine hells, the, you know, whatever that may be, they're all going to have their own rules that they play by. And I just want to cover just some of the more uh, important ones, like the ethereal plane. And I'm just going to go by the manual of the planes right here, just to point out some examples here. Uh, Spell casting in the ethereal plane uh, is actually rather interesting. Uh, like spells that create restraining, like web or wall of iron, can be passed through by an opponent moving through ethereal matter out of matter out of the way. So yeah. they don't have much of an effect there. Um, but getting more specific, like the actual schools of magic, like abjuration spells. They're very limited on the ethereal plane, uh, mostly for like your cleric and druidical spells above fourth level do not function. Magic user and illusionist spells that are abjuration above fifth level. They do not function. So some of those things that you have to keep in mind when you go into the astral. Uh, conjuring summonings. Uh, they cannot summon an entity from the prime material outer or astral planes when you're in the ethereal. So it's going to summon it from someplace else. Um, there are some special cases to some things. Uh, and you just have to, you know, like a Leomon secret chest spell functions in the ethereal, but it places the chest in question in a different part of the ethereal from the caster's initial location. 
That but stinks. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, the druidic summon weather function for the ethereal it works. It functions in the ethereal, but the only possible weather change is the summer and ether cyclone, which affects all in the area. It's like okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the only thing that you can do. There are some specifics that you know, like on the ethereal plane, there's like certain spells that don't work. Um, divination spells. They function differently in the deep ethereal and the border ethereal. These spells do not function against ethereal targets, but divination spells can be cast within the border ethereal against targets in the plane adjoining that border. The results are seen only by the caster. So there's like some weird kind of rules if you want to use these. Um, uh, like uh, if you get more like into the illusionist phantasm spells in the ethereal. They, according to the book here, it says illusionary spells are a bit of the ethereal plane itself, bending it to the will of the caster. For this reason, items created by illusionist phantasm spells function normally, but not disappear when the spell lapses. <laughs> Concentration yeah. ends or the illusion is touched. Rather, the illusion gradually loses its sharp edges and mobility and joins the landscape of the ethereal plane. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of creepy. <laughs> you use an illusionist phantasm spell, like, I don't know, shadow creatures, and you create it, and after the duration of the spell, they're still kind of there after the duration of the spell. So, <laughs> or, you know, so. That's just some of the things with the ethereal plane on magical effects. And like I said, um, it's going to be different for each uh, plane. Uh, magical items in the ethereal, if your player characters go there, weapons are reduced by one plus on attack and damage rolls. Uh, so is magical armor. Uh Magical items that reach into an extra-dimensional space still work. Uh, magical items that devices that call on powers more than one plane removed from the ethereal plane do not function in the ethereal. So, wow. so there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the ethereal plane if your characters go there as far as uh, you know what magic spells work and which do not. The big ones like the abjuration spells, after a certain level, you don't get any. Um, so that's the ethereal plane basically in its cosmic nutshell, if you will. Another one that we did talk about is the astral plane and what happens there when you're talking magical effects. And we already talked about like that weird time distortion, but <laughs> when you get into the magical effects of the astral plane, it's a little bit different. It doesn't impede spell casting, but uh, spellcaster effects might be a little bit different. Uh, abjuration spells work fine. Uh, the plane is stronger than any petty spells that cannot be spelled or held back. They just don't... Uh, abjuration spells, they work normally, but they don't affect the fabric of the astral plane it spell itself. Uh, alteration spells. Apparently, alteration spells, they tap into the ethereal... That, so spells that contact the ethereal and inner planes or make use of extra dimensional space do not function. So your alteration spells do not work. <laughs> Conjuration summonings, they're <clears throat> severely restricted. Uh, spells above a certain level do not function. 
um, basically your your clerical spells of fourth level or higher of conjuring summoning do not function. Juridical of third level or higher do not function. Magic user and illusionist summoning spells of fifth level or higher do not function. So summoning cantrips do not operate. So again, there's another difference here between like an ethereal and astral plane is, you know, whatever plane you're going to, there's going to be some weird magical effects. And I think this is important to point out. I wouldn't let the player characters know. <laughs> I would let them find that out on their own. <laughs> you're, you see, you're too mean and everything. Because well, I would just say, because, you know, the, the planes themselves beyond your own prime material, it's, it's mysterious. It's like going into the great unknown. There might be some hints or ideas from like various scholars uh, 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 from various areas of, of whatever campaign that you're in. But I think some of the magical effects, I think you should leave them rather vague, if not uh, completely unknown. Well, I think that's part of the fun. Well, for the astral plane, since it's so many things travel through it, I think that would probably be the most well-documented. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So, I would say so. So if they're the going... Ethereal, maybe not so much. Right. The, the ethereal, I could even see being more of a clerical, uh, more religious-type scriptures talking about that than necessarily scholarly works. So talking about how right. the... Uh, the soul passes on to the ethereal plane or whatnot. Then you can start piecing together through the legend and lore what may happen if you actually travel there. But, yeah, I would have some way for the players to kind of know what to expect. Otherwise, you're just going to end up killing them all if they plane or travel completely yeah. unknown. See, now, like, yeah. you know, a good example, you have Q1, uh, Queen of, of the Demon Whip Pits. Yeah. I believe, don't they have a list in there of all the spells that get impacted yeah, when they I'm travel? Gonna, to yep, and I'm going to be talking about that. Yep, that's one of okay. the things I'm going to be talking about. You betcha. Oh, like, I guess uh, you mean, yeah, you're telling me to shut up. I'll do this. Okay, go ahead. No. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> all right, be quiet. No, no, but you're right. I'm going to talk about that because that's something on the other end about some of these other planes like the Abyss and the Nine Hells where spells and magic items work differently. But one thing I want to point out, like I'm glad I used the astral and the ethereal as a couple of examples of planes where there are different effects on magic, but one, the ethereal might boost or diminish magic of certain types, the astral will do the opposite. For example, on the astral, illusions, phantasms, uh, those type of spells, phantasm-based magic without an illusionary component does not function on the astral plane. So if you can, if you want to use some, like, one of those type of spells that use phantasm-based magic without an illusionary component, it will not work. One thing I just saw... <laughs> And here's where it kind of delves in what you were talking about, Will, how travel can be rather, you know, dangerous in these planes like the astral. Necromatic, oh, necromatic spells. They function normally, but those involving restoring the lost spirit to a body have a chance of attracting an astral searcher if the attempt fails. <laughs> and the astral searcher is out of the uh, fiend folio. So... <laughs> 
See you're trying to I'm restore a, a body, uh, so a, a summon spirit to a body. If it fails, this astral searcher creature might come. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? I told you it's dangerous. Yeah, it is dangerous. But there you, you go. It's cool, but you think it's cool and everything. I'm going to throw my party right into it. Who cares? <laughs> Why not? It's cool. Uh, some of the like magic items, um, uh, like the ethereal, Weapons are reduced by plus one, so is armor. Potions, though they uh, they uh, take one d four rounds to consume, and there's a five percent chance that the user will choke <laughs> while you're on the astral plane. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah. So that's not good. <laughs> no. So there's some so. things you can take into. Uh, into account now that's the astral and the ethereal it, the astral like you were saying there man i think they might have more in, in your game world depending on how you want to play probably have more documentation because it's the most uh traveled of the planes the ethereal probably not so much now let's talk about some of the other ones the ones that you're trying to maybe really get to and besides like you know the astral which is kind of like that highway to all the other ones the one of the, the layers of the abyss and there's a lot of stuff that just it just works um strangely a lot of the clerical ones for example when you're on the abyss particularly loth's plane and there's like all these different layers of the abyss and they might even have different spell effects each different layer but you might want to use these just as a general guideline if you're going to have your player characters go to the abyss like um your your commune is not going to work. Dispel magic's not going to work. Dispel evil, obviously, is not going to work. <laughs> Divination's not going to work. There's a lot of aerial servant doesn't work. Uh, and so those are some things, clerical spells, just aren't going to work for you at all. Uh, some will work, but work in mysterious ways. Like I talked about the Jericho spell reincarnation. Um regenerate uh that will work <laughs> but maybe not the desired effect there's an 80 percent chance the spell or spell effect will regrow a limb not quite what you want it to be it could be like you know insect like could be a tentacle <laughs> uh could be clawed so something like that um also, raise dead. If you cast raise dead on Lowell's plane, forty-five percent chance that the soul of a Type One demon will inhabit the body. <laughs> so, oh. might not want to do that. <laughs> That's not very fun. No. <laughs> uh, so they're like, I'm, I, particularly in these planes, like the lower planes. If you have clerics and druids, you're going to have a very very difficult time trying to get their spells back. Very difficult time. Because they're going to be if not partly cut off from their god to breach their spells, maybe completely cut off. I would even play it the, like if you're in the abyss. The further layers down you go, the more cut off you're going to be away from your god. And you're just not going to get any almost no spells back. But like your magic user illusionist spells, um, those... Are, some will not work and some might have some weird effects uh, like your uh, find familiar I don't know why you'd be casting find familiar there but who knows so 
Spell will have no effect unless the caster is chaotic evil. Yeah, it would work. Um, well, that makes sense kind of in a way because yeah. familiar would be based on the plane. Yeah, it would be a quiset. So, yeah. 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 Uh, contact under uh, <laughs> other plane, that spell. Uh, that's going to have a difficult time of working. So, and also uh, spells that affect creatures like, like you know, charm animal. Also, you got charm plants. The, the creatures in these particular planes like the Abyss and the Nine Hells, even the other ones, their flora and fauna are specific to that particular plane. In the, I know when I was reading in the Manual of the Planes, if you want to like learn the charm animal spell. If you want to use charm animal spell, say if you're in the nine hells, you actually have to learn the charm animal of the nine hells spell. You'd have to learn that specific spell for that plane. So if you want to like charm a devil squirrel, a demon squirrel or something like that, a squirrel from the nine hells or whatever is equivalent to that, you have to learn that spell. So, it makes it very, and in a way, in a twisted sort of way, it makes sense. So if you want to influence the flora and fauna of that particular plane, you have to learn that particular spell. So that's a little bit on the, uh, like, the abyss. Um, the Nine Hells, pretty much the same thing. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in the Nine Hells, what spells do and do not work. And I'm going by the Dragon Magazine article out of issue 76 uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking here uh, where it says spells are listed by class and within each character class an X equals ineffective there's a lot of X's folks there's a lot of things that aren't going to work in the nine hells uh, some of the obvious like protection from evil not going to work <laughs> chant not going to work <laughs> Prayer, no, no dice. Uh, protection oh. from evil, dead foot, radius, ditto. Prayer. So there's a lot of spells in your cleric repertoire. <sighs> uh, control weather, earthquake, resurrection, ain't going to work. Insect plague, no dice. What if you want to plan a rain? Well, then, okay, you're good. Okay. <laughs> I'm just but, imagining a paladin going insane if he tries to detect evil in yeah, <laughs> your head explodes. Too much evil, boom. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the juridical spells. A lot of things just don't work. Entangle, predict weather, purify water, call lightning, plant growth, summon insects, all your animal summoning spells, unless you can learn, you know, if you want to summon, if there's a, like a version of an elk, that lives in the nine hells. You have to learn that animal summoning spell of the nine hells for it to work. Um, heat metal does function normally, but note that devil suffered no damage from the hot version and only half damage from cold version. Okay, then. Whoopee. <laughs> so those are some of your cleric and druid spells that won't work in the nine hells. But really, when it comes down to it, and I could go, I could go on and on and on. But the important thing is to get out of this. Each plane that you go to with the different spells, it has its own rules that it plays by. And I'm not saying as a DM that you need to go by the book 
on on the different spells and what's outlined in the manual of the planes. I think it's a really good guideline, something to go by. Um, but I think as a DM, if you want to be a little more, uh, if you want to be very original about it, you know what? Come up with your own little rules to go by when you go to a particular plane. Um, and that's a great way to go. I, but I still do recommend, you know, the manual of the planes book. It's a, it's a good way at least to give you some insight on how the different planes work and how they affect the spells of clerics, druids, magic users, and illusionists, and those spell-like effects that are from your caval or from your paladins, uh, for example. Some other abilities like from your rangers might not work well, like tracking. Stuff like that. It's kind of, and also your magic items. There might be some specifics about magic items. How it, they they might work differently, like in the Twin Paradises, than they work in Elysium. That just might how I, how it be. So that's pretty much how. Yeah, magic working in the planes beyond the prime material can be quite a, a daunting task for a DM to go uh, to figure out. If you want to, or you could just say, you know what, everything functions normally. Who cares? <laughs> you could go that way if you want to. You could just say, as a DM, you know, it's too much of a headache for me. I'm just saying, all oh, magic works all the same everywhere. But if you want to, <laughs> like, but if you want to, you know, you know, spice things up, you want to kind of, uh, you know, give your players something to, uh, to surprise them with, like I do, like, because how I would play it is, yeah, each different plane would have its own different effects on spells or not work at all and they might not know which spells work which might not they might be getting erroneous information from someone who went to that plane and said you know what yeah that spell worked perfectly fine yeah that should work okay when you're there so you know no problem and you get there and it like fizzles on you so that's pretty much what I got on on the spells for the planes uh and magic items. Uh, any gentlemen have any thoughts, uh, comments? You pretty much covered it all. Yeah, I think so. And like I said, just as a general thing, each plane has its own different effects if that's how you want to play it. And me personally, I like to keep that as something that uh, the player characters will discover over time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, magic items and spells—they get affected, and they get impacted very hard and everything. And, and like you said, it's it's extremely difficult for player characters to accommodate it and, and learn mm -hmm. up on it. And if you thrust them right into that plane or wherever, they're going to yeah. be for a rude awakening. Yes, they are. And like I said, if there's two kind of basically two ways you can play: either you know, all magic has the same effect everywhere you go, or it works differently in each each plane that you go to. Um, if you're going to go with, you know, it works differently in each plane that you go to, I do recommend getting a manual of the planes if you can find it or if you can find some, some of the second or third edition stuff and just convert it over, like some of the plane skate stuff or uh, like the, what was that, that third edition manual of the planes. You could use that too because I don't think that's too, I don't, I'm sure there's material in there that you could draw out of it yeah. and, and, and it's not tied to the game mechanic. You can use some of the general ideas oh, yes. from there and, and use it within your first edition game. Yeah. Just don't dip 
into the uh, latest edition that shall not be named because the cosmology is completely different. Well, that's why we will not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Which one are you talking about? That'd I be, have no idea. Yeah, fourth, because they narrowed it down. There's only five planes now. What? Well, yeah, the Domain of Dread was listed as one of the planes, though. Yeah, there's, there's like, yeah, it. they consolidated the planes, they simplified things, and there's like five, and the, like the Feywilds, like a, a mirror plane of sorts with the prime material, and yeah. Whatever. You don't have to worry about it anymore because that's long going to be long gone very shortly. So. Yes, yeah. it will. You know what I'm doing about that, right? You're, you're writing in and uh, protesting? No, I'm going to take it out to the garbage can and dump it. There you go. <laughs> Five planes. Give me a yeah. break. What are you going to do? So I guess Not uh... play it, not endorse it, not support it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I guess we'll uh, kind of wrap up this section. If no one else have anything to say, we'll <laughs> yeah. like to hear what our listeners have to say about you know magic and the planes, maybe how they um, play mm-hmm. it as a DM. And I guess uh, we don't have anything else on this section. Well, we'll uh, move on to, uh, I guess, Creature Feature Theater. Yeah. That is not dead. And with strange ears, even death may die. I welcome the unwary to the Creature Feature Theater. Creature feature theater this week. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about a, a certain type of creature, but it involves one of the the, the planes. Actually, it involves the seven heavens. Now, we talked about uh, angels and everything in the past. Now, we didn't really talk about the seven heavens plane at all. Now, the seven heaven plane is broken, obviously, into seven different heavens, and there is only one way to actually get into the seven heavens, and that's through the astral plane. Now, have any of you guys had any adventures through the astral plane to the seven heavens at all, or no? No. Yeah. Not to the seven heavens, no. Most people don't because they don't see a reason to go there. Everything is lawful and good on the plane, and when you go into the plane, you're climbing a mountain. It's like simulating climbing a mountain, and every time you get to the top of the mountain, you get to another plane, and you start at the bottom of the mountain again. On each plane is different type of archons, or archons. I don't know how you want to pronounce it. And the, the first version of them would be the lantern ones, like these little glowing balls that are flowing around. Those are what are considered the larva or like the new recruits. So like when a lawful good paladin finally passes on, this is where they would be going and this is what they would become until they decide which path to take on the uh, on the planes. And we have... Uh, so basically these the lantern archons with the, the little spherical bubbles that float around with a little soft glow, they don't really do anything. They they can't be attacked and if they if they're slain they're just reformed anyway so if you can figure out a way then we have hound archons, which are located uh, they're dog like headed creatures with powerful fists, and uh, they can shape into a dog or a wolf and detect invisibility. They have astral travel. Uh, they're ethereal creatures at will and only can be hit by magical weapons plus one or better. Moving along to the next one we have the wardens. They are bears with human hands and intelligent eyes. They have all. Roar. <laughs> they have all the clerical spells and can only be hit by plus two or better weapons. Whoa. Yeah. As you go up and playing, they get more and more. You have the sword archons, humanoids with feathered wings and cat heads. Now we're getting into the more 
traditional, almost somewhat of an angel type thing here. They're spellcasting at level 15th magic user or clerics, either one, 50% for each. The ability to gate in 1d6 hound archons or 1d3 warden archons. So you can see as the hierarchy is going up, now these guys are more powerful. They carry only one weapon, obviously a sword, but can attack up to four times around. Jeez. Yeah, and now they can only be hit by two plus two weapon or better. Huh. Now, climbing the mountain even further, we're going to go into the tome archons. There, there's now we get into a very rare chance of seeing this 1d3 chance. Wow. And now the armor class may I know it is negative five at this point. They are hawk-headed, winged humanoids. They can use all types of magic as far as divination, alteration, and beneficial necromantic magics once the, uh, bleh, one of each per day. Uh, they can issue a radiance from their hands and inflicts 2d10 points of damage to all in its path. Whoa. So, yeah, a six-foot long cone, three-foot wide at the base. Effects undead as a 20th level cleric. Oh, yeah, weapons are plus two even better now. And that was the last one. Now, there is one point of, of the Seven Heavens, is the seventh level. Uh, there is no recorded history on it according to the book or what it exactly is like. They said anyone who's ever been there has never spoken about it. And if you go there, you might as well just stay there. This is where I guess you would assume the supreme ultimate being would be. And if you go there... You're going to stay there because that's kind of a secret. Ah, I was reading that on page uh, 87, I believe it was. 88. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Go there. You stay there. There's no recorded record of what is possibly there. But to get to each plane, you have to start from the bottom of the first level of heaven. There's no jumping to second, third, whatever. And you have to go through the actual plane to get there. That's the only way for the portal to get there. And this is to the seven heavens, right? That's the seven heavens, yes. You know what? I don't think they got that anymore in 3.03.5. I think they call it something else now. Really? I believe they, they call it Celestia. I believe that's what they call it now. Oh, yeah, probably for reasons of uh, yep. religious reasons or something. They probably changed it. Yep, it is. It's called Celestia. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven levels. It's, it's kind of it's, it's actually interesting that you bring this up here because guess who lives here in the seven heavens? At the most bottom of the one. Bahamut? Yep. 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 Tiamat's arch rival lives there. Yep. His yep. palace is on the seventh level. So they did rename it. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, the first level. The most uh, bottom Mercury, one that she was talking about is called Lunia. Uh, Lunia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Lunia. Lunia. The, the then Merch. Mercuria. Mercuria, or wherever it is. Mercuria. Venya. Yeah. Solania. Yeah. Yeah. And then That's so, very okay. interesting. Very interesting that you brought that up there on the uh, Seven Heavens. Yeah, and you know, also was there Planeteer, so you know, Captain Planet's there as well. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but are there Pokemons there? It's no, no, there's no Pokemon. They're not allowed. Thank goodness. Thank <laughs> the heavens. Aha! Now, uh, let's see. The Archons are only rarely found outside of the heavens and neighboring plains of Arcadia and the Twin Paradises, which I don't know much about myself. There's only two of them, so. <laughs> Obviously, and they're twins. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good thing to say. They do not actually seek out evil on the prime material plane, though they battle evil when they counter it. What's the chances of evil coming to the seven heavens? I mean, unless it's going to be the all-out battle between the, the the layers of hell versus heaven. I mean, 
I guess it well, it was just like you said, Vince. There, it basically says that if uh, it's talking about Cronius, which is the seventh layer of Celestia, which is the highest one where that mystery is and everything. It says that if the creature, if they harbor evil, their souls are extinguished and their existence is permanently erased from the multiverse. Nice. And they call the Twin Paradises, it's called the Twin Paradises of Bitopia in 3.5. So I'll just read on what you were saying. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's amazing how everything has changed over the times. Yeah, it's sad that they changed all these names because I don't see what the problem with the Seven Heavens is. I mean, so what? Yeah, that's weird. But anyways, it's a freestanding, uh, permanent, and uh, it doesn't disappear like other planes may change over time. This one is always going to be the same no matter what. But I do like the idea of climbing the mountain. Yeah, I like those Archon things because it kind of gives the idea of like, I don't know, just like you go to each level and you have to perform a certain task and you meet this Archon you got to go to the next. Right, it's like there's a test you have to pass to advance further up the mountain. And if you fail, the Archons are there to uh, get rid of you. That's actually pretty good because as it explains it here, you started Lunia, and it says here that the wonders of Lunia offer much even for a chaotic evil wizard committed to learning the paths of goodness. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like the Archons. We have lots of Archons deep down south. We call them Fireflies for short. <laughs> I was just looking at the thing on Lunia. It says in the in the manual of the plane says the ocean itself is fresh, clean water that functions as holy water. Yeah, that's it's an ocean of holy water. Wow! <laughs> just imagine if you could get a trade route of the ocean of holy water and bring it back to the prime material. Oh, you make it such a killing. Oh yeah. But see, it got monsters in there too now because look what it says there. It says it has a uh, that it says it contains all manner of aquatic life from tiny schools of silvery fishes to leviathans moving in the depths. There could be giant krakens down there. Oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, mentioned no, I, other, they mentioned some other creatures in here or uh, like Davis I didn't see anything yeah. about them but they, it seems that the Archons are servants to the Davis or the Planeteers wow. where would the Planeteers and the Davis did I miss something here did, did I miss a page or no oh. not that I know of and everything I mean because you also got the Solars yeah where are those you know, and I really don't know where they cover those and everything. They, uh, I know that they're in the Monster Mangle 2. If you all have a Monster Mangle 2 near you. Yeah. The connection between the Archons, the Davis, the Planeteers, and the Solars is unknown. Though the Archons defer to the powers of the, of the latter creatures and follow their bidding. So... Hmm. Yeah, see, that's weird. It is unlikely that the Planeteers and the Solars are ruling Archons, but the issue is not settled yet. Oh. Stop calling them Planeteers. They're Planetars. Planeteers. Now I'm thinking, can't... Ah, stop it. Oh, my head's going to explode. With their powers combined. <laughs> now, now, this is what it says about the Divas, or the Devas. The race of Devas, and this is coming from the Monster Manual 2, now inhabit the upper outer planes of good. And oh. dev- divas or devas are servants and messengers of the various deities of good alignment and so on like there on. So that's pretty good. Planetars oh. and solars. Planeteers, where are they at? <laughs> Planeteers and divas, great. <laughs> yeah. uh, different races refer to the different seven heavens and different names. Like a, a halfling yeah. or something else. 
a dwarf would refer to it as something else. Uh, Seven now, Rings find Captain Planet is formed there as well, too. So, <laughs> but this is what it says about Solars. I think Solars are pretty good because they kind of look like angels and they're really tall. But a Solar is the most powerful of spirits, usually directly serving a greater deity of good alignment and typically as his or her martial steward, Asetara. You say Martha Stewart? No. Uh, the no, Solar served Martha Stewart? Yeah, I think it's Martha Stewart's there. I don't know. Oh, man. The seven heavens are home to many good and powerful creatures, including the planetars, not the planeteers, the solars, and all manner of devas, agathia, to uh, food creatures, hollow plants, lawful good visitors, and pilgrims, both human and otherwise. Shedu, Lamasu, Kirin, dragon horses, and the occasional titan. Hmm. Yeah, titans are there. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. I love titans. Yeah. It's one of those unexplained things that just, why are they there? I mean, you know. I love Titans. I don't even recall seeing one Titan in the entire time I played D&D, except the one that was captured in uh, against in, uh, in G123. There was a captured Titan in there. Yeah, you're right. Yep. I think yeah. that Titan was drugged or something. And Yep. Yep. You know what I always think of when I think of Titan? I think of that one Star Trek episode, the original series, when they were trapped. I am Apollo. Yes. I always think of him there as the Titan. Even though he was a Greek, supposedly a Greek god, but I always think of him as he was a titan. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. That's weird. All right, cool. See what you, uh, tell us what you think about it. We'll throw it out there if you like planeteers. Haha, <laughs> Nick. And, <laughs> you know what I was saying it the whole time like that just to get on your nerves. I know. I know. <laughs> it works. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> throw it out to you, staff at gmail.com. We'll head into our last segment of the night. As the secret portal yields to your efforts, you stand amazed at a vision from the most fevered dreams of avarice. Before you lies the Dragon's Horde. And now we go into the Dragon's Horde, and we talked about some of the perils earlier of traveling through the plains and how you have to seek out portals or take part in elaborate uh, rituals to get to the various planes but there's a much simpler way if you can find it it's the amulet of the planes any individual that's possessing this can transport themselves to any one of the upper levels of the outer planes can go pretty much anywhere you want in the outer planes but there's a slight catch and until you learn how to use it it's random you yeah. randomly determine where you go. Yay, randomly determine magic items. I love them. Yes. Yeah. So if you roll poorly, you can find yourself in the nine gates of hell when you're trying to go to the happy hunting grounds. Oh, goody. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is just something that if you gave a party and they didn't know how to use it, you're just. So asking. they went hunting, but it wasn't very happy. No. You're just. At, this is like a ga- uh, game breaking magic item potentially if you go with the randomness because one you as the dm you have you have no prep into right. what they're going to be doing because you have using the chart 21 different options because you actually roll 2d12 and add them together yeah. to get your results numbers 21 through 24 are the prime material plane and then one and two is the seven heavens. So you actually have multiple options of where you get up. You don't know where they're going. And your players are probably going to die because they won't be prepared 
for whatever plane they go to. The only thing that could be worse is making this a amulet of planar travel for the inner planes. Oh, you're talking like the elemental? Yes. The quasi, the para. Oh, that would stink. Yes, they would. <laughs> your players would be dead before they even knew what happened. <laughs> yeah. Make that magic item. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I like the idea of, oh, we got this magical amulet that'll let us travel to wherever we want to go. But at the same time... You ended up at the plane of magma. Right. <laughs> and you're all dead. But... Yeah. Sorry, you didn't know how to use it right. You're dead. Sploosh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it seems like a good idea on the surface, but in practice, it'll just break your game. Especially... That would actually a really cool magic item to make, though. The yeah. The one that, has, that goes to all the elemental planes. That would be pretty slick. Yeah. I mean, I could see its uses... But it would be like a one-of-a-kind item because that first try, if you crafted one and used it and you weren't prepared for that plane, guess what? It's gone. <laughs> yeah, here you go. So there's not going to be a lot of those. This is just something that it, it reminds me of giving first-level characters in Star Wars a starship. <laughs> you don't know what planet they're going to go to. With this, you don't know what plane they're going to go to. You can't prepare. You and never... Yeah, you're right. It makes it very difficult for a DM to prepare because, like, what I was talking about, the magic effects of each plane. Right. Holy moly. Right. And you never know when the players will just get a random bug up their butt and decide, hey, let's go to Olympus. Well, yeah. Why? Because we want to go visit Zeus. What? Yeah. Yeah, and Zeus will just back slap you back to where you came from. Right. Yeah, and, pretty much. And then they'll try again. Or, hey, let's go hang out with Odin. Odin, have lunch with Odin, yeah, right. Right, we, we got a dinner date with Odin. We need our amulet of planar travel. <laughs> Odin, would you like some tea? Yeah. It uh, better not be chamomile. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm a chin. I can have tea. Yeah. Now, I could see making a specific amulet that'll only take you to one plane. Yes. That... I can go with, and I think it would actually be use an easy way to uh, get your party into a plane. Wasn't but, the um um the sun stone the suns uh, the stone from Ravenloft that mo the module the module the novel that what's his name used to escape Ravenloft in the first novel? I think so. It was something like that. Well, you know what I'm talking about for Soth. What was that again? Now. The the sunstone wasn't that the, the the only amulet that was used to escape Ravenloft. Oh that, my goodness! Uh, what's the same gender used to escape the Lord Soth's uh, domain? Oh, you know I haven't read on that in so long and everything, but that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I remember there was some kind of sunstone, or something. I I could be wrong, but I remember there was some type of amulet that was based on getting in and out of Ravenloft. You had to use. Yeah, see what happened was in Ravenloft, uh, with with Soth's uh realm there. Uh, remember, there was a rift there. It's called the Shadow Realm now, I believe. Yes. Because there's a big rift there. For some reason, he, he disappeared. They they said that in the in the main books, that because the new Dark Lord is some uh, elven, fey female with a were badger ally or something, and they they said they have no clue what happened to the former dark the, the former dark master that lived there. They just hinted at his existence, and that was the last they said anything of him. But, uh, yeah, I remember it was something like that. I, I can't remember. Well, that's 4E stuff. That's not, you know. We don't no, care. no, no, that's 3.0. No, that's 3. Yeah. Was it 3.5? Oh. Yeah. yeah and 4E, there actually are demiplanes. 
But, yeah. Oh, well. The uh, demi-plane of munchkinism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Plane of rice. Oh, yes. The plane of bread. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, no, that's terrible. But. There you go. Make an amulet the ghost of funky demi-planes, like the demi-plane of bread. Right. Yeah. Perhaps if you're you're trying to if you were trying to create one and it didn't quite go right. Well, if you all remember, um, one of the ways of of doing the thing with Ravenloft, and if, if most people know about that demi plane, is that grand conjunction. Mm-hmm. Remember what that's what it was called, the grand yeah. conjunction. Yeah. When, you know, that's how they could escape, or whatever the case may be, and everything. Then you had uh, what was his name? Oh, uh, Azalin, the Lich of our Darkron or Darkon or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, Darkon. And remember what he did was he tried to he created an experiment. It exploded. It, 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 he disappeared. No one knows where he's at right now. But what happened was every living creature in his domain were turned into undead creatures because of his experiment that went that went away. And uh, awry, I mean. And so, uh, right now, I don't know where he's at. I don't think he's still around right now. They're keeping that a mystery for the time being. Maybe you know, he's the... at the demi plane of bread. <laughs> well, it could be, but his experiment, uh, see, and I believe now it's called the Nightmare Lands. And I believe now that the entity Death himself is now the current Dark Lord of that place. But it was that massive infusion from the negative plane that, that killed everyone and made them undead creatures. I'd rather go to the demi plate of beer. <laughs> mm, beer. 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 Uh. Well, instead of an amulet plane, Charles, what about something like uh, we've tried we, in our games in the past taking potions? And uh, we'd take a potion and we had to do something that would threaten our lives to shock us into the plane that we wanted to go to. Has anyone oh, done something weird? Yeah, we still had this thing like we wanted to get to uh, one of the planes of hell. Instead of traveling through a portal or something, he had us take the find this. I remember specifically we had to find this magic user who was very rare. He made this potion, and you had to do something to shock your body into like you were going to die, but you really didn't die. Like you run and jump off a cliff. And a high enough cliff, but not enough to kill you. The fact that you think you're going to die, it's kind of like one of those situations. Huh. huh. So, yeah, the potion would act, and you would be, boom, you'd be transported to the plane. Weird. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was really cool how he did it. Huh. That's funny. That's that's a new one to me. Yeah. Now, something else that's real interesting, that since this, this, this question was brought up and everything, and now that we talk about Ravenloft and talk about different planes, and... That, I'm glad you, you brought up the question there, Vince, and you know what I'm talking about is Spelljammer. Yes. Spelljammer is an excellent way of getting to other planes via spell. That's how I get some people into Ravenloft. They find that old, derelict Spelljamming craft. They board it to investigate. They find the undead remains of mind flayers or whatever creatures were aboard. And as soon as I get all the players on there, I let them know that a giant fog surrounds the ship. The ship takes off and flies into the crystal sphere where the uh, where Ravenloft's at. <laughs> and then it crash lands somewhere over there. So Nice. Yeah, so that's one of the other alternate ways that I can get people into different places if I really want them. You could do the, you could do the old Land of the Lost thing with the slee stacks and the, the crystals in the caves and everything. That's Definitely. a good way of doing that it. And I love awesome Land of the way. Lost. Yeah, I'm I didn't like. What were they calling? Slee stacks. Yeah, slee stacks. Yeah, I couldn't stand it because. Yeah, I couldn't stand it. I hated that stupid song. 
Well, all the Sid Barney Cross songs are kind of stupid, so. Well, well I liked uh, Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Wonderboy. No, how about Electra Woman and Dina Girl? Electra Woman. Yeah, I'm serious. Dr. Oh, Dr. Shrinker. <laughs> now we're getting way off topic here. Yeah, we are. Well, we're on a different plane. Of, yes, we're on a different plane of television nostalgia. <laughs> yes, the plane of Sid Marty Croft shows. Oh, yeah, we, man. We can have the Kongs. We could <laughs> wrote a whole special episode doing converting Land of the Lost into AD&D, which would be really cool, actually. That's, that's well, you already got the dinosaurs. Yeah. Slee stacks. Actually, there's a version of them in Hackmaster. <laughs> there is. There is? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Wow. Yep, Mr. Sure. Stacker. They're called like Slash Stacks. Nice. But they're basically the same thing. That is awesome. All right, cool. Let's, uh, unless Matt, Matt, you have anything else to say? No, I think we've pretty much covered it all. We've traveled to many planes through the course of this conversation, so I think it's time to travel to the plane of outro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, plane of outro. (laughs) That's that's too funny. Wonder Woman. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Okay, and now to the outro. Well, folks, it's time to get on our Spelljammer shit. Oh, wait, never mind. It's time to put on our Amulet of the Plains and go into our well of many worlds, whatever it's called. Drop that coin in and say, there's no place like home. I know, that was really bad. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, we're oh, red ready. ruby slippers of planar travel. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Why uh, oh, look at your heels three times and you end up on the Demi plane of Munchkins. Hey, That's- by the way, did any of you all play WoW? World of Warcraft? No. Yes. yes. No, Remember when you... I'm talking about the old game. I'm talking about... not. not talking, I'm sorry, not World of Warcraft. We're just but Warcraft. Regular, yeah. Warcraft 2 or 3. Remember when you had the uh, Night Elves and you sent out the little balls of light to, 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 to mine for you and everything? Yes. That's your Archons right there. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Except the Archons didn't mine. They just kind of just floated around and... Yeah, they just went in circles around the tree like a firefly. <laughs> yeah. Like a willow. <laughs> Stay tuned next week when we come back with a brand new episode and we'll, we'll be talking about something really cool. And uh, the rest of us will just sit there and go, wow, Will. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Uh, right, keep it original, keep it old school, and good night, everybody. Good night. Bye, everybody. Bye, 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 bye. Roll for initiative.